I love that thing. <laughs> it's just how you look at things, isn't it? <laughs> oh, man. I was talking to somebody just this week, and uh, me and Ronnie Booth Sr., we spend a lot of time on the phone. Not a lot of time, but we always talking about biblical things and how things, how people look at things and what people worry about. And um, I want to bring to you this morning assurance of grace and salvation. And I believe one of the most important things that a Christian can have is assurance of salvation. Now I want to read, if you would please, in 1 John chapter 5. I want to begin to read verse 1. I've told you many times I was brought up in a different denomination and they didn't, they never said you could have the assurance of salvation. And what I'm talking about is assurance of salvation is you believe that when you get saved, you're saved forever. Amen? And you have that assurance of it. Now, let's read in 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth Jesus is the Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is true. For are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God uh, hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God give, gave of his Son. And this is the record that God has given to us, eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that had the Son had life, and he that had not the Son of God had not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray if somebody's listening today that uh, they just have doubts and they get involved in something and or whatever the devil does, Lord, just to snatch away that sweet assurance of knowing not a, no matter what happens in our life, we still belong to you and we're still going to heaven if we're saved by your sweet grace in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless us, we pray now. In Jesus' name.
Amen. In Second Peter chapter one and verse ten, it says, "Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fall." I believe the doctrine of one's salvation is very important to any Christian, simply because assurance is related to joy, comfort, and Christian service. I know this: you can't, you'll never serve the Lord like you ought to until you get that matter settled once and for all, that you're saved forever. How can you have joy of salvation if you're not sure you possess salvation? Now, I want to go through what the Bible says about this assurance of salvation. First, the Bible teaches there is a false assurance in which unconverted men have and deceit and are deceived and in which they will one day be discovered. In other words, it is possible to place one's hope on insufficient grounds. Job 8 verse 13 says, The hypocrite's hope shall perish. Jeremiah 17 verse 9, The heart is a is deceitful. Galatians 6 3, For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So, Remember now, the Pharisees in Jesus' day were sure they were right with God and sought to evangelize other people. Matthew 23, verse 15 says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you can pass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Now, the two houses in Matthew chapter 7 both look sound and true. You remember, God said they cleaned out the houses and so on, but when the storm of God's judgment came, it was shown that one was real, uh, that was built upon the rock. The other was not real, built upon the sand. The ten virgins in Matthew 25 all had the lamp of possession and assurance, but five were self-deceived, and they thought they were assured, saying, Lord, Lord. <clears throat> and Jesus said, Really, I say unto you, I know you not. Again, another group had much assurance. They said to Jesus, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have cast out devils in thy name, done many wonderful works? So they had much assurance. But Jesus said to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So number one, the Bible teaches there is a false assurance and warns against it. Now, secondly, the Bible teaches there is true assurance in which the believers are not deceived, but rather confirmed in which they will not be confounded. Now, this assurance rests upon God's infallible word. The graces of which the word speaks in the believer's heart and the testimony of the Holy Spirit will enable the believer to be confirmed in one by the other. Romans 8:16. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. In other words, the Holy Spirit in us, that God that we receive when we get born again, bears witness with our spirit that we are a child of God. First uh, John 3:14. We know that we have passed from death unto life. So the Bible says you can know. And since there's a false assurance and a true assurance, what's the difference? 
true assurance begets unfighted humility. False assurance begets spiritual pride. True assurance leads to an increase in practice of holiness. False assurance leads to slothfulness and self-indulgence. True assurance leads to a true self-examination and a desire to be searched and corrected by God. In other words, uh, true assurance, we know that God chastens His own. Amen? And we're not afraid of that. We said, Lord, uh, You're trying to correct me. Psalms 139, verse 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in ever in the way everlasting. I'd rather be corrected by God and know I'm saved and know I'm going to heaven and not be bothered by God. False assurance leads to a disposition to be satisfied with appearance and no accurate investigation of self. In other words, false assurance says, I don't need investigating by God. I don't need to be tried by God. I'm fine. Thirdly, the Bible teaches that a true believer may lack assurance. For instance, the man in Mark chapter 9, verse 24 cried unto the Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Now, when he said, I believe, he was saved. But when he said, help thou my unbelief, it showed he was not sure. It's very important to distinguish between faith and assurance. Uh, let me put it this way. Faith is the root and assurance is the flower. Now, you can never have the flower without the root. But you can have the root without the flower. The Bible gives many illustrations of this. For instance, faith is that poor trembling woman who came behind Jesus in the crowd and touched the hem of his garment. <clears throat> assurance is Stephen standing calmly in the middle of the murderer saying, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. You know what real assurance is? When it comes down to dying, brother, you're ready to go. Amen? And you know it. Faith is a, pen, a penitent thief on the cross crying, Lord, remember me. Assurance is Job sitting in dust covered with sores saying, I know that my Redeemer liveth. Now, faith is Peter drowning, crying as he began to sink, Lord, save me. Assurance is later that same Peter declaring before the council, there's none other name under heaven whereby we can be saved. You cannot but speak the things we have seen and heard. Faith is Saul praying in the house of Judas, of Damascus, and sorrowful, blind, and alone. Assurance is that same age Paul, now a prisoner, calmly looking death in the face and the grave, saying, I know whom I have believed, and there is a crown laid up for me. Faith is heaven by and by. Assurance is heaven now on this earth. If there's one thing I believe, I believe I'm just as much in heaven right now as spiritually than I'll ever be. There is absolutely nothing to keep me from going to heaven. That's assurance because I'm not the one done the saving. I'm not the one that's going to take me to heaven. Jesus is. And I know He can do it. That's assurance. Now, 
faith, though, uh, you can put it this way, one of these days I'm going to go to heaven. But I'm not going to just wait to one of these days to go to heaven to be happy. I know I'm on my way. Amen? Now, the Bible teaches that believers should seek to attain a well-grounded assurance. 2 Peter 1.10 Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Hebrews 6.11 And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. Now, the person that has such a hope can sing, even in prison, like Paul and Silas. The Bible teaches that a true believer's assurance may be shaken and diminished because of neglect, sin, temptation, and trial. David cried in Psalms 51.12, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. I know this is true. I know a lot of people that were saved, they have the assurance of their salvation, then they get sick, they end up in the hospital, some terrible thing happens to them in their family, and they get to wondering, am I truly saved? Am I still a child of God? The true believer may forfeit their assurance, yet they never lose that seed of God. Therefore, their assurance can be revived by the operation of the Holy Spirit. I thank God that I'm saved and the Holy Spirit lives in me. If I lose that assurance for a few minutes, if something happens in my life that snatches that assurance away from me for a few minutes, the Holy Spirit revives that in me. And He lets me know, you're saved by the grace of God, not by what happens around you. The Bible teaches that assurance excites believers to pursue holiness rather than then encourage believers to indulge in sin. First John 3, verse 2 and 3, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and do it not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. And every man that hath this hope in Him purifies himself, even as He is pure. What One of the ways that gives me assurance is, I don't want to do the things that I used to do. And that didn't come just from the flesh. That came from the Holy Spirit in me. So I know that God gives me a different desire now than I ever had before since I'm saved. That's assurance. The ground of salvation and the ground of assurance are two different things. There are two questions you must ask, and these two questions have two different answers. Number one, the first and most important question anyone can ask you is, what must I do to be saved? Now, there's only one biblical answer to that. I've asked people by the graveside. I've asked people in the hospital. I've asked people in church and, and just door to door talking to people. What have you got to do to go to heaven? And they'll give you every answer under the sun. Something they got to do. Now, the Bible makes it very plain in Acts chapter 16, verse 31, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That's all you got to do. you got to rely on the Lord Jesus Christ. you got to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to save your soul. If you do that, the Bible says you're saved. Now, so the first question is, what must I do to be saved? Nothing. Jesus has already done it. Believe on what He's done to save you. Amen? 
And so that settles salvation. Now that's salvation. Now the second ground, the my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling, that's salvation. But question number two, how do I know I have believed to the saving of my soul? How do I know that my faith is saving faith? This has to do with assurance. Now, there are three answers to this question. But remember this, when speaking about the ground of assurance, be very clear we are speaking of the ways a believer comes to true assurance, not the ground of which his salvation rests. The first ground of assurance is the promise of God made alive and real by the Holy Spirit of God. It is not just the promise of God alone. There must be the work of the Holy Spirit also, the work of God and the work of the Holy Spirit. If I read the Bible, and I know a lot of people can tell me more about the Bible probably than I can, but I doubt some of them salvation. But when you read the Bible, you've got to have the work of the Holy Spirit dealing with you. If I read the Bible and I see something in the Bible that I don't like and I pass over that, I'm in trouble. i got to read it all. And I said, oh, Holy Spirit, deal with me about that matter. And when the Holy Spirit deals with me about that, I know by the Word of God and the work of the Holy Spirit that I'm born again. I'm a child of God. Because there's something telling me that didn't used to tell me. Remember this, the Bible is a lamp under our feet. But light does not help blind people to see they need sight. And only the Holy Spirit can give sight to the sinner to see what God's light or His Word is. When somebody says, I'm, I'm saved, and they don't understand that the Word of God is a light, did you know that the Word of God could tell you everything that God wants you to know? But only the Holy Spirit can shine that light on that Word of God. How many people do you know that can that there's a member of a church, they go to church, they claim to be saved, they read the Bible, but then they turn around and say, but I don't understand it. <clears throat> I don't know what God is telling me there. Well, all you have to do is ask the Holy Spirit. I'm, I marvel every day of my life if people come up to me as a preacher and say, Preacher, I know you're a man of God. I know you're different than we are. No, I'm not. I'm saved by the same grace you are. I'm saved by the same God you are. I have the same Holy Spirit that you have. If you want to know the truth of everything in the Bible, it's just like I sat down with, I had a man come teach our teachers one time. We had 28 workers and teachers, and I carried them to a big dinner, and he was going to just be an encourager to our teachers and the work they were doing. So I asked him, asked him to bring a message. I was sitting there talking to him. I said, let me ask you something, sir. How long did it take you to get what you're going to say uh, to, to our teachers at work? He said, about 10 minutes. And I said, really? He said, yeah, but there's 35 years of work behind that. You see, that's the difference. And what, what the difference is, if you want to know the Word of God, if you want to have that sweet assurance, you get in the Bible and study, and the same Holy Spirit that I have will work with you, and you can understand the same thing, but you have to put work into it. And you have to ask the Lord to give you that assurance. And only the Holy Spirit can give you the sight 
into the Word of God. Now, to believe in Christ for salvation is to persuade or to be persuaded and assured that we shall be saved through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The only way a sinner can see Christ as Savior is by the work of the Holy Spirit in illuminating the Word of God. The second ground of assurance is the witness of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.16 The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. In 1 John 5.10 explains this. Now notice, the Christian described he that believeth the Son of God. That's what the Bible said. He that believeth on the Son of God. Now we have the eternal satisfaction, assurance, experience, has the witness in himself. The Holy Spirit's witness or causes the believer to understand that we are God's children and is indwelling in us and leading us to behave towards God as the Father. I believe with all my soul that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is all in one. I have the witness of God in me though, the Holy Spirit of God, that he that believeth on the Son has the witness in us. Now the third ground of assurance is Christian character and conduct are assurance by evidence in new generation. 1 John 5.13 asks three questions. To whom is John writing? Unto you that believe. That's Christians. That's the first question. To whom is John writing? Now listen to verse 13. These things have I written unto you. You who? He that believeth on the name of the Son of God. So that's believer. The second question he asks, what is his purpose for writing? Look at verse 13 again. That you may know that you have eternal life. So the first question is, who's he writing to? Christians. The second question is, why? what is your purpose for writing? That you may know or you may have assurance. The third question is, how are we to know? Alright, look at it. That you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And we, if we know that He hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of Him. Now, by these things, First John speaks of not going back to the Gospel. John wrote, that in the book of John, that men might be saved. Now, watch this, please. And it's very important that you get this. John 20, verse 31. But these are written. This is John now, 20, in verse 31. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, then that believing you might have life through His name. You know what assurance is? When I read the book of John... And I read about uh, the miracles that Jesus did. I read about Jesus' life being perfect. I read about Jesus going to the cross and dying for my sins. And I, John said, these things, all of these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. Now, what has John written in First John? 
same person now writing for the assurance of the believer. He writes showing the birthmarks of the true believer. 1 John 5 verse 1. Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Alright? I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen? So the Bible says I'm born of God then. As a second point, I believe, a belief that reaches the whole man. Mind, affection, and will. A belief that has been revealed and applied by the Holy Spirit in regeneration. Here's what I'm trying to say. If you're not different than where you was before you got saved, in some spiritual way, then you never got saved. Regeneration is real. I don't want to do the things that I used to do. I don't want to go to the places I used to go. And I have that assurance in me. What caused that? The Bible says that the Holy Spirit regenerated me. We were talking yesterday about going as alcoholics, going to an alcoholic center. And one of the things about trying to help an alcoholic is you cannot help an alcoholic unless he won't help. I don't care how much you try, all right? But you go place a person there in a home and they're going to take care of him. He has to stay 90 days. They've changed it now. They have to stay longer than that. But uh, it was 90 days. During that time, they teach you the Word of God. They pray with you. They deal with you out of God's Word. And they take certain things away from you. The old habits. You can't have the old people you used to run around with. You're around Christians. You're in the Word of God. Now, I want you to watch this. When God changes you, He changes your desires. When God saves a soul, He regenerates you. Now, if an alcoholic is always an alcoholic, if he's ever been an alcoholic, he will always be an alcoholic. And keep that in mind now. And one man said, I'm going to have this fifth of whiskey, I'm going to set it on my counter, and I will say every time I look at that, I am not going to drink you. And he turned around, and I know the man, and he turned around and he ended up drinking it. No, you get rid of that thing. You get it out of your presence. Now, I want you to watch this. When I got saved, I don't want it around me. I'm different. I know that I'm a child of God. I don't want it anymore. Now, when you become that, you still have the desires. A child of God, when he gets saved, he don't get rid of this body. He still got it. And this body is not changed. The Bible says it's my enemy. It still has the desire that it used to have. It still wants the same old thing it used to have. i got to bring it into subjection. How do you do that? Come out from among you and be your shepherd, saith the Lord, touch not the unclean thing. How do you do it? I know that I'm saved because I don't want to do the thing to be around the people I used to have to be around and hear them cussing God's name and everything in the world. But I'm still in this old flesh and I still have to deal with it. Now watch this. A belief that is shown in the fruit and forth of repentance. You know what repentance is? It's a change of mind. That's all it is. Something changed my mind. When God came into my life and saved my soul, something changed me. I changed from what I used to believe uh, that I don't care. 
Now I do care. God's in me, and I have that assurance that because I have repentance in me, then there is the mark of obedience. First John chapter two verses three through five. Then there's the mark of the love of the brethren. In First John three fourteen, there's the mark of doing righteousness. First John two twenty nine. Here it is in a nutshell then. Do you have the assurance of your salvation? Now I want you to watch this. If you're truly saved, you want to obey God. What is wrong with people that claims to be a Christian and you read them the Word of God and you look at them and you know they're not going to try to do it? You just know it. Something's wrong. When you have that sweet assurance, you want to do. I get in the Bible. Why do you think I read the Bible? Why do you read the Bible? I want to hear from God. I want to hear what God wants to tell me today. Lord, what would you have me to do today? And when God speaks to me through His Word, I'm going to get up and say, I ain't going to do it. I don't care what you say, God. No. The assurance of a believer is I want to do what God tells me to do. That's obedience. That's First John chapter two, verse three through five. Then the mark of the love of the brethren. First John three five. We're talking about Christians on Christians, loving one another. And if you can honestly hate another Christian, I doubt your salvation then, because the Bible says you can love the brethren. Amen. And I know a lot of people I can't get along with, and I know what the Bible says to do about that. Don't mess with them. Leave them alone. Okay? Come out from them. Let them go their way. You go your way. But don't hate them. Don't pray they'll die and go to hell. Don't say pray God to kill them or something else. No. If you really love the brethren, I don't care what somebody's done against me, I still love a Christian. I believe with all my soul a Christian is better than anybody on the face of this earth that's not a Christian. I don't care who they are. I don't care about their color, their creed, or whatever. If you're a Christian, brother, you're my brother in Christ. Then there's a mark of righteousness. Just doing what's right. You know, that's a mark of a Christian. Now, three ways John, First John says you can know. Number one, have you experience the promises of God made real by the Holy Spirit of God. I go through the Bible sometimes and look up promises of God. God makes promises all the way through His Word. If you'll do this, I'll do that. If you'll do this, I'll do that. I don't care what it is in your life. God's got a promise for you. If you'll be obedient in what God asks you to do, He will bless you. And I can go back and I say, well, I declare, Lord, I have been blessed there. I have been obedient, and I have been. And so I know that I have the experiences of obeying the promises of God. Number two, does the Holy Spirit witness with your spirit that you are a child of God? If somebody comes along and gives you some other kind of doctrine and somebody, uh, some other kind of religion is not the same as what you know is, is the Bible, uh, do you have doubts about it, or do you have that assurance? I know I'm saved because the Holy Spirit witnessed with me in my spirit that I am a child of God. Thirdly, do you have the Christian character and conduct in your life? If you experience these three things, you know in whom you have believed 
that is Jesus Christ our Lord. That's assurance. Now, you know what? The only reason I wanted to bring that so badly this morning is that it's, it's sweet to me. The older I get, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about if I die. I don't worry about where I'm going or what's going to happen to me. I know. I know. And that's, that's the sweetest thing you can have. I know a lot of people is afraid to lay their head down on the pillow and go to sleep because they don't know, I might die in my sleep. Well, so what? Uh, that'd be the most blessed thing you could experience. Amen? If you're a child of God. And if you have that sweet uh, assurance, then you don't worry about it. If some bad doctor goes in a doctor's office, somebody doctor gives you a bad something, it's something wrong with you, you say, well, that's right. I'm in God's hands. Amen? And whatever God does is going to be better. That's assurance. And that's where your joy comes in. That's where that, that sweetness of the Lord comes in. Now, I know a lot of people that have prayed and said, Lord, I, I believe you're the Son of God. I trust you as my Savior. And they really do. They ask the Lord to save them. And then something comes up in their life. Something happens. And then they get so frightened. They get so scared. They don't know. And I have seen so many. Uh, they come up to me. I'm talking about Christians. I, I preached a, a funeral not long ago to somebody that I lived with years ago. And the family come up to me afterwards and said, Pastor, uh, you're the only one I ever heard in my life make it so plain how that a Christian dies after a body present with the Lord. And it gives us that sweet peace of knowing where my loved one is at. I got that out of the Bible. I got that from the Holy Spirit. Amen? And what I'm trying to say, if you have that, then you can walk away from the graveside. You can walk in the hospital. You can go anywhere you've got to go and still know, no matter what happens to me, I'm still a child of God. Amen? And that's where the sweet joy of the Lord is. Heavenly Father, would you bless now in the coming